All right, folks, here we go. Another week has come and gone. The look, it's the look back week five. Like I said, I'll admit, I think this is the first time in many, many years I actually did not see one minute of the Eagles game because of where I was at. They didn't show the game in that area. And like I said, by the time I decided to subscribe for my phone, the Red Zone channel, the game was already over. But obviously, the game the game went very, very well. It went very, very well. Well, actually, it didn't go as well. In this league, you win games that you shouldn't win. You lose games you shouldn't you shouldn't lose. So Sunday's game was kind of that the, the the former. The Eagles tra- trailed all day, but they realized that Sam Darnold isn't anything special. He's an average quarterback at best, and the Eagles took full advantage of that, picking him off three times, sacking him a few more times. And obviously, like I said, the defense played like the defense we saw at the beginning of the season. Like I said, there's still questions about this offense. Jalen Hurts, he didn't play as good as he has played in recent weeks, but obviously he still found a way to get the job done when it mattered and got and scored the game winning and rushed for the game winning touchdown, but it's still uh, it's still an issue. Penalties are still an issue, and obviously running the ball for whatever reason still remains a mystery for this for this franchise that should be more of a run happy offense more than a pass happy offense. But like I said, you somehow in Tampa with whatever whatever you have was able to see this game more than I did. Your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, like you said, you win some that you should lose and lose some that you win. You hope by the end of the year it at least evens out, or if not, you know, if it goes in favor of wins, your team winning more than in those situations. Um, so far this year, they really should have won the Niners game, and they really should have lost this game. So we're at least even in that regard. But, um, yeah, man, I was when I was watching this game, first half, at halftime, I actually almost texted you to tell you I'm going to be trashing Sirianni today if he doesn't get his act together in the second half. I mean, that that was that first half was possibly the worst offensive game plan I've ever seen in my life. It was it was pathetic. I mean, every play was just about I should say every play was a, a bubble screen or just a swing pass to the running back. Everything was at the line of scrimmage. No shots downfield at all. No running plays, barely any running plays, I should say. Um, no design quarterback running plays, which now all of a sudden they're not. He's not going to take advantage of Jalen Hurts' biggest strength, his, his ability to run the ball. I mean, it, it was it was a total joke. Luckily, then well, I shouldn't even say luckily. They were down, going you know down two scores later in the game and. It pretty much finally forced the guy to actually open up the playbook a little bit, and what a surprise! All of a sudden, the Eagles started moving the ball and got back in the game. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know what they thought they were doing in, when they put this game plan together, but yeah, it was it was pathetic. And thankfully, the defense came up big, um, the defensive line especially, and then obviously the cornerbacks too. Um, even the linebackers, you know, um, Eric Wilson still sucks, but it was at least uh, it was at least a little bit encouraging. Like I said, when we talked last week, 
uh, Davion Taylor was came back from his injury um, the week prior and um, got a little bit of playing time. He got more playing time this week, and he played well again. So hopefully his playing time keeps increasing because um, right now we, we really need at least one decent linebacker out there. But, um, yeah, otherwise, again, thankfully the offense came up and Jalen Hurts came up big in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I say he didn't really have a great game. I, I, I mean, no one would say he did, but he did come up big when it mattered, and I think a lot of the reason why he didn't have a good game is because of that horrible game plan that just pretty much stifled this entire offense for the entire first, like, two-and-a-half quarters, basically. And um, I think I think the, the, the whole offensive game, the, the poor offense in that time period was just more than anything because of this pathetic game plan and <laughs> I mean Sirianni we've, we haven't we've seen him have really two good offensive game plans out of five games so far and I, what I mean by that is the um, Falcons game he called a great game and the um, Chiefs game he, he, I thought he, I, really, I liked what he did other than that his game plans have been horrible yeah, like I said, I mean, we can't. I mean, we can't really say we could guy cut him some slack as a rookie, but he's not Chip Kelly. He's not. This is not. He's been in the NFL. He's been on a couple coaching staffs before he became the head coach here. He should know how to call, call an offense and do all the offensive things properly. And so far this year, it's been more negative than positive results. And like I said, I mean, the reason why I. I don't understand. To me, when I think of Booby Miles, Miles Sanders, he really should be in the same breath as Brian Westbrook and a Shady McCoy. He's like that kind of a back that can be a franchise guy, that can be a game changer. And so far, his entire career has been a what-if kind of deal. But it's not his fault. Because whatever the reason is, the game plan doesn't tour. Whatever the reason is, the game plan is not for the running back. You know, Kenneth Gainwell has more passes than than rushes this season. You know, and I don't understand why you're going to use him as a receiver, as a pass-catching receiver, than a guy that really is what he is. I mean, I don't know what Sirianni's trying to do here. He's got a lot of talent. He knows, they know their roles, but it seems like the game plan's always got to be, I'm going to pass and I'm going to do what I have to do to make this a competitive game. But you have to go by the flow of the other team, too. Like I said, last week they played the Chiefs, and obviously there was no punts because it was an it was an offensive shootout. You got yourself into a shootout. But this team is not really built for offensive shootouts. This is still an offense that's not an elite offense, nowhere in close to it. Obviously, compared to last year, they have seen the 30 mark in, in points compared to last year when they didn't. But still... This, this offensive game plan has to improve. Now, tomorrow night, you have a big test with, with the defending Super Bowl champs and the GOAT. And obviously, you know, even though Brady has struggled on the road in this year, that doesn't mean that he's going to struggle tomorrow night. And if he wants to get into an offensive shootout with, this, with, with the Eagles, he'll do that. And will it be up to them to keep up or will it be something else? But... Like I said, as sadly knowing that I didn't physically watch this game, 
I knew that there was, you know, people were complaining on Facebook and everywhere else about the offense and how it was. It was probably the worst they've ever seen as well. But like I said, for games that gone better than 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 this one that didn't result in in the in the victory, then we'll I'll take whatever is given to us. But obviously the defense didn't struggle. They played as good as as they played all year. And obviously, like I said, that Steven Nelson, Darius Slay situation where they where they keep in the field and, and receivers don't have much of, of a chance. Like I said, DJ Moore, after pretty much the second quarter, had no chance in this game. And like I said, it's not like they have a lot of offensive weapons. No Christian McCaffrey. Everything revolves around him. But he's out. But he's still out with an injury. So, like I said, I mean, could things have been different if he was out there? Probably. But... I had this feeling that they were going to win this game, even when they were struggling offensively and down 15 to three and everything else. You got to give the defense a lot of credit. They won this game more than anything else. They they gave the Eagles short field and they were able to able to capitalize on it. Yeah, well, the defense was was dominant. Um, and when you look at the way the season's been gone, they have been dominant against average to below average offenses. So um, they, they definitely are a, a, at least, a, a, I'd say, an above-average defense. The problem is when they go up, they've gone up against the top-notch offenses in the league, which, you know, it's hard to fault them. Mostly, most teams are going to love points to the top offenses in the league, but with the Chiefs and the, and the Cowboys, um, you know, they've obviously gotten toasted. But, you know, at least, uh, at least they're playing, they're, they're completely outplaying the 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 mediocre offenses. So, you know, that's going to keep them alone in almost every game they play. Unfortunately, they, they once again are going up against an elite offense this week, tomorrow, actually, in the Bucks. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, like I said, and the good news is once you get past tomorrow night and, okay, we get blown out or whatever, it's it's obviously expected. So we can't just sit there and say, oh, what, what? Why did we get blown out? We're not that good a team. Don't worry. The schedule gets much, much easier. And hell, like I said, look at look at your road schedule. Your road schedule. You got the Raiders, and we're gonna about to get to them because they're the big story this week. And then the then the Broncos, and then the Jets, and then the Lions, and then obviously the Giants in Washington. Like I said, to be. You know, to me, I, I don't. I can only really see them in theory losing one or only two more road games. Now, obviously, the home schedule is a little bit different. You know, you still have a tougher home schedule. You know, obviously, you got Tampa Bay tomorrow. You got the Chargers, the Saints, and then obviously you haven't played the NFC East at home. But I wouldn't worry about most of them. So, like I said, the schedule is going to get is going to be in their way. Is going to be in their way and obviously playing offenses that are not elite and Carolina is not an elite offense and obviously not not the Broncos not the Jets and pretty much not the Raiders so to me things are going to get better and this defense is just only going to get more aggressive and more tougher to, to deal with like I said you already got two two definite pro bowlers from where I'm seeing Jason Hargrave's having a hell of a year he has six sacks already, and he could be on pace to have more. Obviously, if there's one positive about Brandon Graham's injury is that 
Jason Hargrave gets to shine a little more, and he's done a very good job for the Eagles this year. So, like I said, it's a great, it's, it's a, it, we should feel better about this because, unfortunately, since the start of of last year, winning games have been kind of a rarity for this team. Unfortunately, but it has to, you know, you know, you're still in the mix right now. You know, a lot of teams are not where they need to be. Obviously, the Eagles aren't where they need to be. So hell. I'm, I'll take whatever is given to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Hargrave has been dominant, and um, hopefully, he can continue that. And hopefully, Fletcher Cox can, uh, you know, get back to what he used to be. Which I'm, I've been saying for the last year and a half, they need to trade him while they can get something good for him. But you know, they don't want to listen to me on that. And so, we're, we still, we still got him here, and hopefully, he can. He can play like he used to. Yeah, like I said, it's, it, I mean, like I said, as long as, you know, you have to look at him at, at, as a leadership way. I mean, even though he's probably past his prime, that leadership is still there. Remember, he and Graham are the are the veterans of this defense. The, they've been there the longest. Obviously, Graham is not is not available anymore, but Cox is still out there playing, and he's out there. He still lead. He gets more the talks from that side of the ball than anybody else, so I wouldn't I wouldn't trade him for that reason. I mean, obviously, performance he needs to get a little better, but leadership he's got where it needs to be for for this defense to continue what they're doing. Now, like I said, we had it's been a very crazy week, and like I said, we we've, we've talked on this show, show in the past about about unfortunately political issues. We're not we don't like politics. We don't. You and I can't stand it for obvious reasons. But when it comes to John Gruden, I can't stand him at all. Now, I don't know about you, but like I said, unfortunately, before the Sunday's game, it was revealed that he took a shot at at Morris Smith in, in an email from 10 years ago. But we learned that that was just scratching the surface. If it was one incident, that would be one thing, but it was more. He took shots at a lot of people at a lot of different and a lot of different issues around the NFL over the last decade where unfortunately it was not very positive. He took shots at Michael Sam, he took shots at Colin Kaepernick, he took shots at at the concussion situation. He took sh- a, a lot of issues, a lot of ugliness and he said a lot of nasty things that obviously we can't repeat on they can't repeat, and we probably can't repeat on this on this airways, even though we can drop a couple f bombs and shit. But still, unfortunately, he he is he lost. The Raiders are without a head coach. He did the right thing in resigning, and that might be the end of John Gruden for all intents and purposes. What's even more ironic is they were investigating the Washington football team, which is still going on, and this came up because Bruce Allen was the general manager for Washington. And unfortunately, he's obviously never going to get another job again. So, like I said, I know you don't really want to talk about this. I've said what I had to say. So go ahead with whatever you have to say about this. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say much about it. It's stupid. I mean, I'm somebody who really hates this whole uh, woke... um, um, cancel cult culture. You know, I think it's a lot of hypocrites out there. And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm not writing off what the guy said, but 
let's be honest, man. I mean, you, when somebody says shit in emails, you, you don't you don't you don't know you can't tell what the um, what the intent is really. I mean, I, and, and be honest with yourself. If you look back over the last ten, fifteen years of your life, and somebody takes an ex- excerpt of something that you said, you know, you, everybody in in the world has said something that could be perceived as a, as you know whatever being a being a shot at, at a group of people, whether it's anything, white, black, women, men, anything. So. You know, look back at your own life, and if if you can honestly say that you've never said anything negative, or you know something that would could even even if it's not intended to be, but could be construed that that way towards a group of people, then you know you're better than ninety nine point nine percent of the population. But more than likely, if you if you say that, you're either in denial or you're just a liar. So you know, it is what it is. I'm not gonna defend the guy, but at the same time, he, 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 he listen to anybody that's worked with him, whether it's players, coaches, um, people in the media, you know, nobody's ever had anything to say that, that this guy is a, is a, you know, a racist or he, this guy's a bigot or this guy's misogynistic or anything. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I look more at the person than than some comment that I don't even know what the actual intent necessarily was. So, yeah, all I'm gonna say. yeah, I understand. But like I said, I mean, but then again, when I think about Gruden, it's more than I never, I really never questioned his character, but I've always questioned his football acumen. And like I said, you've seen me, you've heard me on this program in the past go after him from a football standpoint. I didn't think he was anything like this. But then again, you don't really know anybody until, like they always say, whatever's in the dark comes to light eventually. And unfortunately for Gruden, you know, you got to be careful what you say, even in, in email, it seems like. And yeah, this this era, yeah, the world is a lot softer than it used to be. I mean, you know, but that's the thing about technology. You know, if this is 1991 and we're having a conversation, well, hell, number one, if this is 1991, you and I aren't talking like this on a podcast because it wouldn't exist. And the internet didn't exist. So he would say all these things and keep it behind the wraps. But then again, there was an incident in 2003 involving Keyshawn Johnson and Gruden. And it gave me and it gave me some kind of unquestionable re- remembrance because that's when I first started watching football on the regular at that time as a high schooler. And it was a bad fallout. It was not a good. It was not a good divorce between Keyshawn and, and Gruden. And to me, I never really meant anything of it because nothing else really came out of it. You know, Keyshawn went on, went to another team, and and went on and went on his situation. But it just seems like when it comes to the Gruden, to Gruden, even Jay Gruden to a degree, you know, because he. Because it's it's funny because now you know how Jay Gruden became an NFL head coach. A lot of it's because of his brother and Bruce Allen and their relationship. And then obviously all what's going on, all the negativity in the world and and people's you know people's uh, what's that word? I mean people and what they think and their thoughts comes through. 
But like I said, I mean, you can't change people's thoughts and you can't change people's minds. But like I said, and in the in, but then again, you have a fifty-three man roster. Everybody is different, different cultures, different pop, different sides of politics, everything else. You can't piss off everybody, and you gotta be careful. And to me, I did watch the game against the Bears, and I kind of felt watching that game. I think the Raiders kind of realized that they kind of channeled out Gruden in that game. And I didn't think Gruden had much time left because I feel like the Bears did what they had to do. And and even though whatever goes on, I'll say this, and I said this on my Facebook look back on Monday. John Gruden is a overrated, underachieving, ignorant piece of crap. My opinion. My opinion. I'm sure you have a different opinion. You already said it. But that, that's it. We'll, we'll move on from this. He's gone. He's out of the league. We may never hear from him again. The hell with him. But like I said. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously done in the NFL or just in really in the spotlight altogether. So. Yeah. But back to, to, to what we normally talk about, our football discussion. Well, like I said, things are obviously going around here. You know, like I said, we watched the Sunday night game. And it's obvious that what we saw on Sunday will reflect who we think is number one in our AFC top list. We probably going to agree there. But a team that probably won't be on our list will be the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's starting to become more and more, more to me, aggressive that Things are not going well for the Chiefs this year and for Andy Reid and for Patrick Mahomes. They got dominated, and I knew they were going to get dominated, and you probably did too. Hate to tell you this. I got to ask you this question. Is the Kansas City Chiefs, could they miss the playoffs? It's very possible the way I'm looking at it. Yes, yeah, entirely possible. They got the right now the worst defense in the NFL. Um, that alone is going to hurt. They're also in a tough division in which you got the rest of the three teams are four and one, three and two, and three and two. So you know that's they're going to have to play all those teams. Um, they are putting up points, obviously, this year again, but even their offense isn't quite the same as it has been in the past few years. You know, it's just. Not quite on that same level, and I think some of it is because teams have sort of uh, changed up the way they're playing. You know, they're doing their best to take away Tyree Kill's deep ball, and you know they're giving up the underneath pass to uh, Travis Kelsey. But other than those two players, the Chiefs don't have a whole lot. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is injured again now, and Miko um, Hardman, he's. He's not a star. I mean, he's a guy that every once in a while could have a, a big play because of his speed. But other than that, they don't have a whole lot. So, um, um, the, yeah, the team teams have, are just changing up the way they're they're attacking that offense. They're still giving up some points, but not so much that they can't um, outscore the Chiefs right now. Like I said, when we watched, it, like I said, the Eagles beat lost to the Chiefs, but that was their only win in the last four games. For, for for the Chiefs and like I said, I mean I'm just watching this defense. I mean Steve Spagnolo, I know you have been a fan of him in the past, and he's kinda like Vince Velasquez for the Phillies for for the last few years. 
either can put a defense together that can win you a Super Bowl, or he can put a defense together that can be very, very terrible. And and then there's somewhere in between. Well, unfortunately, they're back to being terrible. And like I said, I mean, the fact that the Eagles could put 30 and, and not punt the ball tells you that your defense isn't that good. It's not good at all. And I feel bad for the Rocket because... I mean, he does even with when things are going well. He still overdoes it, and obviously wants to outscore everybody and throw the ball well and everything else. And he does do that, but now he has to work overtime to try to win games. And like I said, they're in a division that's unfortunately it's not going to get easy because Denver and the Raiders. Well, we don't know about how the Raiders are going to be now without Gruden, but. The Broncos still have a very decent, still have a very really good defense, and obviously the Chargers have pretty much they're going to win this division. I really believe because the way they're playing and and everything else. So, like I said, I mean, it's going to be tough for the Chiefs to bounce back. You know, I think they'll win this Sunday. They have a they have an easier matchup, but but obviously it's not going to get easier because you have to play your division. You still have to play a few other contenders. So, yeah. Now, another team that's going to be in trouble as well, and we talked about this team on a previous episode as if there could be playoff troubles, is the Pitts, is the Seattle Seahawks. On Thursday, Russell Wilson, for the first time in his career, suffered a significant injury, a finger injury. On Sunday, they'll play their first game without, the Seahawks will play their first game without Wilson under center in a decade. It's Sunday night football. But how about this? The the turn back the clock, Geno Smith. <laughs> Geno Smith came in and actually tried to make this a game for a minute. <laughs> Geno Smith. I didn't even think the guy was still in the league, but he obviously is. We all kn- kind of know that the, the Seahawks were kind of in trouble, even with Wilson, because the defense wasn't like similar to Chiefs. Their defense isn't that good and all that. But should we pretty much... Tell the tell see how Seahawks fans with with Wilson being out for potentially a month is it time for the Seahawks to it's it's probably over that the season's over. What do you think? Well, um, yeah, I, I think their season is pretty much over when you look at it. Um, just being in that division they're in, they're going to take some beatings. Um, maybe if they were sitting in like the NFC North or something. You know, where the teams are a little bit more beatable, or even the NFC East, they'd have a shot. But, I mean, you got the Cardinals, Rams, and Niners, so you can't try Geno Smith out there and expect to win games. So, yeah, they're in, some, they're in a lot of trouble, man. They're, at best, they're, they could, if, if they can somehow win some. Uh oh. Whoa. Oh, hold on, folks. Yo. Yeah, yeah, you, you just cut off there for a minute. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> I was checking my phone to see if something happened, but it was your—it was on your end. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, that's yeah, never that happened. Seattle's done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, too. You know, like I said, it was going to be difficult anyway. 
like I said, Russell Wilson has to be like Mahomes. He has to play over his, over his head. And even though he's done that and been successful, this Seattle team has, has been trending down the last few years anyway. And last year they didn't have a good defense. And now, you know, you're going into, into a tough stretch of your schedule and things aren't going well there. So, like I said, I mean, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Teams are, are trying to figure each other out here and, you know, Seattle's another team that with without their without their center. So like I said, I mean we go through that we do this every year. We obviously talk about this a lot. It's our famous moment. We do this three times a season. If you watch last year, if you listen last year, we did this three times. It's our famous top five list of teams. In the AFC and in the NFC. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Let's go first to the NFC. We'll we'll, we'll start with the NFC. So from five to one, you know the drill. You 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 obviously put your teams together for the last few days. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, um, coming into the season, everybody thought that the NFC was weaker, but. Uh, when you look at the teams now, the top five, I mean, the NFC is blowing away the AFC. Um, number five right now, got, I'll give it to the Cowboys. They're sitting at four and one. Their offense is putting up a lot of points. Their defense has improved from last year. But I think they're on the outside looking in when you're talking about potential Super Bowl teams in this conference. Um, Green Bay is number four for me. Um, and they're borderline with uh, in terms of team, a team that I think could make this make a Super Bowl run. Um, I mean, really, right now you look at their point differential; they're minus two. They've allowed 120 points or 122 points and scored 120. So that four and one isn't really all that impressive. But you know, with Aaron Rodgers there, they still could at least turn it around. Um, number uh, three. This one gets a little bit tricky. The top three. This you could you could place them in any order, um, and I know they're undefeated, and I know they've beaten the Rams, but I'm putting the um, Cardinals here. I just think that I just think that um, they're not as good as their record shows. I think they're going to eventually come back down to earth. I don't think they're as good as the other two teams, the top two teams that I have ranked here. Um, number two. I'm going to give it to the Rams. I mean, their defense is, is not as good this year as it was last year, but they do have the talent to turn that around. And with Matt Stafford in there at quarterback, that offense is among the best in the league. And then number one, if that's obvious, Tom Brady and the Bucks coming in the season. We, we well, at least me, I think you had the Rams as a better team, but most people expected the Bucks to be the best team in the NFC, and they pretty much haven't disappointed. They just need to turn around that defense. They need to get better because their past defense has been bad this year. Well, we have the same teams in our top five, but not in the same order, obviously. Big surprise. So I'll start with number five, and that is Green Bay. Green Bay, obviously, after the week one, has been pretty much rolling with Aaron Rodgers. Is you know it's business as usual. They're a contending team. Obviously, they they barely survived Cincinnati of all teams, but 
Cincinnati's a decent team right now. So, obviously, a good job, you know. But, like you said, their point differential is not very good. You know, the opponents have outscored them, and that's not that's not a good recipe for success if you're going to if you're going to contend for a championship and obviously win in the postseason. But Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams is still Devontae Adams. Defense is okay, but you know it's not it's not you know it's not anything to write home to. You know, I think the Eagles' defense is actually better. But like I said, Green Bay, obviously the Aaron Rodgers effect. They're still they're still a top five team. Unfortunately, the Cowboys are are, are number four. You know why not? I mean, you can't you can't deny it. They're they've won their last four. Dak looks like Dak again. He's in the top ten in passing yards, top ten in touchdown throws. Uh, I think he's fifth actually in touchdown throws. Zeke Elliott has has turned back the clock. He he's a he's a top five rusher, third in the league right now. And defensively, if the defensive player of the year was announced, it would be Trayvon Diggs. They might even be hell. They might even be carving his name a little bit each, each, each with each interception. He has six already, and and he's not missed a game without one. So, like I said, as much as we want to sit there and see, and I know you you would think they're a little overrated because of their because of who they played. Hey, Dallas is going to be. They're looking at a. At minimum, if they're minimum six to three, but pretty much a eight and one start is very possible. When I looked at their schedule coming up, their schedule doesn't have many weak games over the next several weeks. So Dallas could very well be climbing this list by the time we get to our next to the next to our halfway point list. So unfortunately, so when it comes to our to 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 the top three. I have to unfortunately put the Bucks at number three. I mean, yeah, they're they're doing well. They're the defending champs. They're going to win their division. Their division's not very good, obviously, but you know everything's going well. Brady's having another Brady-like season, you know. But the problem is there there's a lot of injuries on the defensive side, and even that great that great um, Brady that bow Brady Belichick bow. Unfortunately. It almost went the wrong way. Like I said, Bray, if Brady lost that game, he would lose his he would lose his mind, and it'd be a nightmare for the rest of his career for the rest of his career, and probably for the rest of his life. But luckily, they they survived that game. Unfortunately, they played two road games, and they've been very questionable. Like I said, they lost to the Rams in the other road start. So the road they're not very you know they're not you know. They're better at home than they're on, they are on the road. Unlike last year, where they were better on the road than they were at home, so it's kind of a role reversal. And obviously, with a lot, of, like I said, with a lot of um, injuries, especially with you know Gronk being out and like I said, the secondary being banged up, it's going to be tough for for the Bucks when it comes to some contending teams. But like I said, they have Brady, like Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers. They they're they're going to be fine. They'll get what they need to get. Then it comes to the top two. Both come from the NFC West, obviously. But I'm going to put the Rams at number two because they're not unbeaten. You know, they lost to the team that's going to be our number one team. And, I mean, my number one team. Matt Stafford is obviously as advertised. He's come in here. He's made this offense elite. And, obviously, you know, they're they're running the ball well. They, th- you know, obviously have a lot of receivers. Cooper Cup, 
Robert Woods and obviously Deshaun Jackson as the home run hitter. So far, he's worked when they needed him. Defensively, they're pretty tough to deal with. Like I said, Aaron Donald's not had the season that we all thought he would have, but he's just getting going. He'll get his sacks and his and his and his t- tackles. Like I said, they're rolling, but the only unbeaten team in the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals, and nobody expected it. But hey, from week one, they are a dangerous team. And what's what's scarier about this team is they're better on the road than they are at home. If you look at their homes. Their home differential for the road differential, it's it's sixteen point difference. So playing them on the road is much more tougher than playing them at home. And obviously Kyler Murray would be the MVP if the season ended now. And as much as you don't like Cliff Kingsbury, hey, they're doing something right here the first few weeks. You know, we'll see how long it lasts. But Arizona, until they get beat, is number one. We'll see it. Yeah, like you said, we'll see how long they can uh, keep it going. All right. Now we go to our top five AFC teams. All right. Well, number five for me is the uh, Broncos. They've been good. they've been pretty much exactly who I said they were before the season started. Um, top notch defense. They got talent on offense. They're basically just a one quarter a top 10 quarterback away from really being a Super Bowl contender. Unfortunately, they don't have that quarterback this year. Teddy Bridgewater isn't a bad quarterback. He's just not anything special. And um and um so yeah, I got them at number 5. That's just that's just obviously what's going to hold them out out of the a deep run for the playoffs. Um number 4 Sorry to do it to you, but I got to put your Ravens here at number four. Um, I just haven't been impressed with them much this year. Um, they, they had a good game against the Chiefs that they won in a, a shootout, and they did they did uh, take it to the Broncos in their in in one of their games. Oh crap! What's going on with this phone? Damn! So I want the other phone. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with this phone. Yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on. You there still? Oh, shit. Thank <laughs> you. 
impressed me yet this year overall. And this last game against the Colts, which, by the way, was one of my two locks of the week where the Ravens were giving up six and a half points. They, they needed overtime, one by six. So um, I actually got both my locks of the week right this last week, but um, which I predicted the Colts would lose by less than six and a half. So, um, yeah, they're, they just, they're number four. Number three is going to go to another AFC North team, and that's the Browns. I think they're a better team than the Ravens this year, even though their record is one game behind. I think they'll, uh, I think that'll turn around, and um, I just like their running game, I, I, and their and their and their really their defense is is pretty good too is this year. But I like that one-two punch there with um, Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. And I think that would, when once these two teams meet head to head, we'll probably see Cleveland come out on top. Um, number two goes to the Chargers. Like you said, they're they're in the driver's seat in the division right now. They're playing really well. That offense is putting up a ton of points, and the defense is playing well overall. And number one is obvious: the Bills. They they had a, a bad second half against the Steelers. Otherwise, they they should they would be undefeated. Um, so, otherwise, they've, since that game, though, they've just been blowing out everybody, including the Chiefs last week. So, yeah, they're, they're obviously the number one team in the AFC. Well, we got the top two teams correct, but the other three are not in, in different orders. So, my AFC list, like I said, I, w- I was almost pr- – if the Bengals beat it, uh, Green Bay – I would have put them in this list as shocking as it would be, but I didn't. I didn't. So number five obviously goes to Tennessee. They still have they still they're still winning games, even though they're not very impressive so far. Obviously, Derrick Henry's still running the ball. He still leads the league in rushing by a bunch. And like I said, Tannehill's doing okay. You know, like I said, they're they're not what they should be. They should be better. But they're not. So, unfortunately, you know, you know, they are what they are. We have to put them in here because they have a winning record and they'll probably be in the playoffs. But from where we're sitting, a one-and-done team. So, at the moment. But Tennessee's number five. Number four is the Browns. You may be higher on the Browns than I am because they've lost two games. They really should be unbeaten and they should be higher on this list, but they're not. Because they've blown two double-digit leads on the road against so-called contenders like, say, Kansas City opening week and then obviously the Chargers on Sunday. I watched most of that game on my phone. But, you know, like I said, obviously Baker Mayfield has to be a little more consistent, you know, and like I said, they have to get their receivers working. Their wide receivers are not working this year. Obviously, Landry's been out with an injury Beckham's been coming back from an injury, so so far it's it's still a struggle for both for for them at from the from a receiving standpoint. They're running the ball very well with Chubb and uh, and Kareem Hunt. They've been very dominant at times, but the problem is, like I said, their defense they have to be clutch when they have to be clutch when they can beat contending teams. They're good enough to go far this year. But you can't lose games that you you're in control, and they've lost two already that they should have won. So I'm putting my Ravens at number three. 
They're winning. They're fighting. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're struggling. But they're finding ways to win. Sunday, Monday night's game was probably their most impressive win in the Lamar Jackson era. He, for the first time, threw for over 400 yards. He had 500 yards total offense by himself. And obviously, the defense was able to come in clutch, stopping Carson Wentz and and a, and, a, and probably his best game as a Colt to this point. But like I said, the Ravens, unlike the Chiefs, they're struggling, but they're finding ways to win, unlike the Chiefs. And like I said, they're only going to get their act together. I, I you know, yeah, you know, the running game, you know, but they still, but, they're, but remember, as long as Lamar's playing, they don't even need a running back, to be honest with you. Lamar's going to run for 100 yards anyway, any game he wants, any game he wants. So, like I said, I'm not really that concerned. The receivers are playing well. Hollywood Brown would technically be a, a pro bowler, a, a, you know, an outside chance of a pro, pro bowler. How about that on this team? Hey, but the defense is still doing what they have to do. They, like I said, they came in clutch when they needed to. So, hey, Ravens are, compared to the Chiefs, they're on our list because they're finding ways to win. The Chargers are number two. Hey, give, give a lot of credit to Brandon Staley. He's, he's the best rookie coach of the bunch. This team was already a playoff caliber team when he joined. And obviously, Justin Herbert's a Pro Bowl quarterback. And... So far, they're doing what they have to do. Their defense is, plays well against any competition. Like I said, what they did to Patrick Mahomes is something no, I haven't seen anybody do in the regular season ever to him. And obviously, they came back. This team came back against the Browns in a comeback win. Like I said, they're a team that could very well win this division and potentially go in a way because Kansas City's defense is too poor and the other two teams are just not good enough. So, right now, the Chargers have this division down pat right now. And, obviously, Buffalo Bills are number one. They they the dom- they might be the best team in football all around. You know, there's no there's not very little weakness. After after a suspicious loss in week one, they've, been, they've outscored their opponents by over 100. They've pitched shutouts. Their defense is on – it's hard to – it's hard to unblock them. You know, it's hard to, to pass on them, hard to run on them. Josh Allen's playing like an MVP contender. Like I said, you know, Sean McDermott is, is obviously doing a great job this year. You know, he's doing an absolutely solid job. And like I said, at this point, Buffalo, if the road to the AFC, if you're going to win the AFC, you're going to have to beat Buffalo. It looks very much like that compared to everybody else in the NFL. The road is to Buffalo. Buffalo, if you're going to win the soup, if you're going to win in, on February 13th. All right. Are your surprise and biggest disappointments of this week? Okay. Um, where, where am I at here? So, yeah, in terms of uh, surprises and disappointments, um, um, man, you know what? I'm going to give... I'm going to give... Um, um, I'm going to give um, um, Jalen Hurts my surprise of the week just because how bad this, this team played in the first half and then he made his, and his resiliency really won him the game but um, after that first half I thought that game was over I was just watching that I was like man this is, this is pathetic so um, he kind of he surprised me against a good defense he, he, he was resilient he, um, he didn't play great but 
that comeback um, at the end there, I, you know, I thought I thought after the first half that game was over. Um, and then for disappointments, um, I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with the Chiefs. I mean, getting blown out by Buffalo on Sunday night. That's 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 a pretty bad performance overall. And Patrick Mahomes played bad. The defense was awful. And um, yeah, they were pretty. That was a. I'll, I'll give it to the Chiefs. Well, my biggest surprise, like I said, my, like I said, my eh, my biggest surprise obviously is the big comeback by the Ravens. I didn't expect that. I thought that they were going to take this loss to the Colts, but like I said, they have a lot of history, bad blood. Baltimore fans have a lot of bad blood when it comes to the to that to that franchise, bigger than worse than the Steelers. Obviously, them coming back the way they came back was big. And very, very exciting and very much that tells you that they're they're ready to go. And like I said, I mean, we already discussed this here, but hey, I'm I'm just surprised. Give give a lot of credit to the to 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 the team. They're they're resilient. They're a resilient bunch there. And Lamar Jackson played his best offensive game of his career to this point. My biggest disappointment, and I had, and I watched half, and I watched most of the first half of this game before I got before I got on the bus back home to Philly, was the is the Washington football team's defense. This was supposed to be the best, one of the best defenses in football. You know how many games the Eagles have given up twenty points? They've only given up twenty points twice. You know how many games Washington's given up twenty or more points? All five games. They got destroyed by the Saints in the second half. They got Hail Mary touchdown. This defense sucks. And like I said, nobody really, you and I pretty much from a distance know that Washington wasn't going to repeat. They won the division by default last year. And it's obvious knowing how Dallas is rolling right now. So like I said, Washington's a joke. They And, and obviously their franchise is a joke anyway. We already know that. And being in the and being in the news for 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 negative reasons, obviously it is what it is. But Washington's defense is my disappointment. So it is what it is. Whatever. All right, let's go to our to our main event. Like I said, normally we would talk about the Eagles, but they're playing tomorrow night in our annual Thursday game. They have been unbeaten on Thursday in their last. Five Thursday night games, but actually in the last six Thursday night games that they played, but they're playing the, the defending Super Bowl champs and the greatest quarterback who ever lived and turning back the clock, playing like he's in his early 30s than a guy who's in his mid 40s like he is now. So, like I said, it's a big matchup. It's probably the only matchup. Buck and Aikman will do for the Eagles this year. And obviously, it should be interesting. The weather is going to be nice, nice and warm, about 70 degrees. So, like I said, big matchup here. Obviously, we'll see if Tampa Bay can really show up and, and take over a team on the road, something they haven't yet done yet this season. So, your your thoughts, go ahead. All right. Hey, where are we looking on time here? Because all this... Yeah, I know we've we've had our our. You have eight minutes. Okay. All right. Well, um, 
So when you look at this, when you look at the Eagles, like I said earlier, they've been dominant against the mediocre offenses, but they've been getting dominated by the top offenses. And but somehow the Eagles right now do have the number three ranked pass defense, and if uh, if they want to win this game, that defense is going to have to come to play because they're going up against obviously the greatest quarterback of all time. And the, the Bucks rank as the number one pass defense, pass offense in the NFL. So um, somehow the Eagles are going to have to find a way to slow them down, which is it's going to be tough. I, I think the Eagles are going to have to win this game just like they tried to win the game against the Chiefs, which is by not punting the ball at all and just scoring points. Except this time they're going to get the get in the end zone more. Um, I don't know that they're going to be able to do that, but. We'll see, we'll see. But like I said, the defense is going to have to do something, whether it's cause a couple turnovers, somehow slow down this offense. You know, somehow they're going to have to do something to get that offense off the field at least a few times, or else they have no shot. Obviously, we saw what happened with the Chiefs the other week. But um, um, this is a game that the Eagles should lose. We all know it. Everybody knows it. At the same time, though, you know, the Eagles, every year there is one game that the Eagles should be should get blown out when they play like a Super Bowl contender and they somehow win it. You know, last year it was the Saints. We've seen, I think it was the year prior, it was the Packers. Um, somehow they, they always pull one out. And, you know, I'm going to say this. I was driving the other day and, uh, and I had a bald eagle flying over my car. Just like hanging near my car for a little bit. And um, that's something I haven't ever seen down here in Florida. I'm obviously in Tampa. Um, So, I don't know, man. I'm going to take it as a sign. I'm going to pick the Eagles here in the upset in a shootout. I'm going to say the final score is going to be 38-37. Wow. (laughs) Whoa. Anyway, like I said, this is an interesting matchup. And like I said, you gotta give a lot of credit to, to you know what to the to the defense. They did play well last week, but like I said, when it comes to elite offenses, that's their weak point. But against mediocre teams or teams in the middle, they're just they're they're pretty damn good. And their pass defense is really good. They're they're like you said, they're third ranked. And like I said, when you have someone like. Darius Slay and Steven Nelson, who knows how to play their, their roles, it's tough. You know, it's passing the ball and big plays are hard to come by. You have to methodically beat them down the field. So, like I said, but you're playing Tom Brady. And Tom Brady against the Eagles has had a lot of success. He's never lost to them on the road. He's he's 3-0. and And, like I said, it's going to be very difficult to see what happens here. But, like I said, Buccaneers defense is 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 lacking right now. They're they're down two or three starters, and Devontae David's not playing from from what I heard. So that's another that's another important part of that defense that's not going to be in the lineup. Tampa Bay hasn't played well on the road this season compared to at home. So, like I said, they've only played two road games, but neither of them they were in control. So, you might be right to take this upset because it is. Because it is time. Because Brady has struggled on the road this year, but this is the Eagles, and 
like I said, I know you say that they, they find signature wins somehow in their schedule at least once a year. But let's be honest. This team is now on the same level as Tampa Bay or a lot of these teams right now. They're they're still building into something. Jalen Hurts has not always played well offensively this year at times. They don't run the ball. They don't run the ball and they need to run the ball. And that's another reason why they're they're where they're at. And at the end of the day, I just I mean, if you're gonna stop Brady, you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to get to him. You're gonna have to sack him. And he's you know, while you may have more success against the pass, you're not gonna have a lot of success against against him trying to get trying to get a, a rush on him. I can see him sacking him once, but that might not matter. I think this is gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a high scoring affair, similar to the Chiefs game, but expect the same result as the Chiefs game. A loss, unfortunately. Yeah, it was nice for the Eagles that they won last week. I knew they were going to win last week. Somehow they found a way to win, but it's not going to happen tomorrow night. Not in front of that. Not not when you deal with Brady and all that. You're going to have to get him on off night, and it's not one of them. So it will be a close game. Like I said, the line is seven. You know, you, you have your lack of the week. That's not your lack of the week, but it has that look of a lack of the week with seven points. It's the spread. And that's how Brady will and Bel- and, and, and I say Belichick. Brady and the Bucks will beat the Eagles by seven. So Tampa Bay comes into the link, finds a way to win, and the final score 34 to 27. Yeah. Well, like I said, hopefully you're right, but. You can't be you can't be pissing me off there because <laughs> because you know what could happen, but we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. Your your adopted home team versus your actual home team. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Ain't that some shit? But anyway, sorry for the di- for the for the difficulties. Hopefully, y'all got most of what we said. You know, I was messing with a different phone, and it's not been my it's not my friend, but. Luckily, I had the backup phone and it worked. So, whatever. Like I said, that's all we have for this week. We'll see y'all on Sunday to preview the rest of week six. A lot of interesting matchups as we get closer and closer to the halfway point of this season. And first real cool day of Sunday. Because by the time we get to Sunday, it's going to be jacket weather in half of these cities. So, like I said. Yeah. Not not in your neck of the woods, but maybe here, here in Philly. <laughs> so all, so hopefully y'all enjoyed this episode, and we'll send it out to y'all, and we'll talk to y'all Sunday.